everybody. This is Jared from the SDC Podcast. Thank you for uh, visiting and watching this video. Uh, this is our first official episode. Uh, the previous episode we're calling our introduction, uh, but this episode is our first official. Uh, we hope that you enjoy. Uh, this was filmed live on Facebook, and we just want to make sure that you, you know that. There's some questions, some uh, things about uh, who's commenting. Uh, we will be doing more Facebook Lives, so please come and check those out. Uh, just keep an eye out. They'll be fairly random, but we're going to keep trying to do this every other week. So thank you for watching, and thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next live. Thanks. Good. All right. Thank you once again for joining us with Surviving Danger Close, SDC. We're coming to you tonight from the home of uh, our co-host, Dusty, and of course, Jared's behind the camera to work in his magic. Uh, we would like to thank Warriors Hope uh, for sponsoring this project that uh, we've kind of taken on and, and wanted to run with, and we provide uh, hopefully a service to all of our first responders and veterans in the area. Um, so tonight, I want to turn this over to Dusty and see how we go. All right. Why? Just because I got the paper? You yes. Think I know what I'm doing? Perfect. This was just copy and paste. Um, we had to post on, I think you put it on this week, um, about 10 things veterans want you to know. And earlier, what really started the SDC trail journey uh, was something similar to what you had posted. And it's like, you know, and y there's things on this list that said if you're therapy your therapist doesn't fix you. Your therapist is there to help you fix yourself. Um, you know, if you absolutely need to do what's best for you, you know, that'll make somebody upset. It's a family show. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that got me thinking to what we're talking about today is addicted to the call. Um, for veterans, addicted to the call would also be considered addicted to battle. And... I know that, yeah, I'd be lying if I say I didn't miss that part of it. Um, right. And for first responders, it's, you know, that next call, okay, I'm in it, you know. Um, I'll share just something that happened today that I texted you about driving to work. I look up, two trees fall down uh, right in front of me. Never seen that happen before. Missed me by a little bit, so we're all okay there. But uh, all of a sudden it was like, I went into that. We talked about different brains. Sure. I went into different modes. that mode of here's an object in the way, adapt, overcome, get things going back to normal. Jumped out, grabbed the, the chain, pulled it off, got traffic going. And as I drove away from there and after getting it all called in so somebody could come and take care of it, but as, as I was driving away, it was like, wow, yeah, that, that actually felt good. Right? Isn't yeah, it funny how something so small can yeah. trigger that feeling? For me, it was just two trees. Um, you know, once you talk to somebody else, you're like, well, that could have killed you. Well, okay, that, there's a lot that could have killed me. But that doesn't hit your, your brain set. It was just that was the mission, that was the goal, and you completed it. And even something as small as that, for that moment, I felt like I had a purpose. And that's not to say that I don't have a purpose being a dad, um, with work, with being a, a son, a brother. Um, but for that moment, I knew what my purpose was clear. Mm -hmm. This is the objective. Get it done. And it's not so much that we're addicted to the call or addicted to battle, but it, we're addicted to the adrenaline. Yes, very much so. And, you know, I'll hand it back off to you as to how does that work for first responders because your adrenaline is every day for you know 5 10 15 20 years for soldiers it's or for veterans it's we're over we come back sure the adrenaline's you know it's there but it's not as prevalent you know and and one of the things is that adrenaline rush it, it feels good it it cycles those chemicals um in your body it's you know and, and that's often one of the one of the things I try and focus on when I'm doing a debriefing or a one-on-one -on -one, um, after a traumatic incident is I try and educate people about the physiological effect 
of a stressor. You know, yeah. your, your body produces certain chemicals and hormones, um, adrenaline obviously being one of them. And it, to, to some people, that, that feels good. It's, it's like an, it's an endorphin that just it, it provides pleasure to you. And sometimes when you get out or retire, um, that's what's missing in our lives. And it's almost like, a, you know, it, it is an actual addiction. Absolutely. It is a, it's the only way, oh, how do I describe this? It's the only way that you can have an addiction without taking something externally. Yes. Um, I, I would agree Or with one that. of the few, not maybe not the only way. Um, somebody with more degrees than me may, may correct me on that one, but you have this addiction of, oh, this feels great, and you have this high that you can live off for the rest of the day, the rest of the moment. You know, and, and I think that's why a lot of people get into motorcycle riding. There's that edge of, mm -hmm. you know, this feels good because especially with the now rescinded helmet law, you know, you can ride without a helmet. There's nobody, you know, you can live that rebel life, if you will. And there's an adrenaline attached the to The legal that. rebel life. Yes. Okay. Just um, making sure I got You know, that. you're, you're <laughs> riding your knees in the breeze, no helmet, and you're just, you're living life. And again, those those endorphins, those the, the, the adrenaline chemical that your body mm -hmm. produces, fulfills that need. Um, for those, you know, for those that are in first responder um, backgrounds, um, you know, uh, on my behalf, like I said, I'll, I won't name my my department's name, but like my fire department, you know, we we it's been weeks since we've had a call, and there is an adrenaline when you hear your tone drop for your department. Uh, you know, and you're just like, whoo, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> and then, you know, when you when you hear a, you know, fully engulfed structure or, you know, you're like, whoo, yeah, you know, you drive a little faster. You, you get a little, a little bit more excited. But when you hear like a ditch on fire, you're just like, oh, all right, I'll get there. You know, um, somebody get the garden hose. <laughs> right. Kind of, you know, so there there are many different things, you know, um, for me personally, it it's like. Um, the full arrest calls, I, you know, I, I mentioned before, I go to those um, because you see the potential for good. Right. You know, you like you said, you have a purpose. My purpose is to bring that guy back or that woman. Right. And I'm going to do it with a team of, you know, friends. You know, that's our joint mission, you know, and we all work together um, because we're in a small community, you see the same people absolutely. day after day on those calls. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, without going into detail this morning, I, I had a call right out of the gate, 6 o'clock this morning, and my boy Kevin rolls up, and it's like, hey, what's up? You know, we totally forget. I don't want to say we forget about the call, but it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, man, it's good to see you. You know, like you have this respect for one another and, and this joy to see one another, to be involved and really, not to sound corny, but really an intimate absolutely um, position. That's how it is with veterans too. You know, you've been deployed. I've been deployed. Veterans, we we see another veteran. Yeah, and I've seen it time and time again working with Warriors Hope that these veterans have been deployed. These ones, maybe they're deployed to Kuwait, right. or they, you know, nothing against Kuwait deployments. Um, in all fairness, Kuwait was was the worst one I ever been to. It was it was horrible living conditions. Oh yeah, it is terrible, especially if you're only there for two weeks in training. Well, but were you there before it? I won't talk about the army base we went to. I believe it was RF John, the headquarters. Oh, never went to that one. Oh, it was amazing. They actually had ice cream. Like what? Every, every, see, this is what I wanted to talk all about. All right, last they week. lied to me. Right, right, right. <laughs> we that we, recruiter lied. Are you we, shocked? <laughs> no. <laughs> We used to go to Arif John just to use their pool. Everybody jokes about Air Forces, you know, and the chair force and the goodies that we have. But the, the, we had a pool. Um, nice. But it was empty. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like you walked by it and you're like, uh, you know, you're ready to take a, a header off a 10-foot okay, diving There's <laughs> the false hope that the Army does yes. give you at times. Yes, yes. <laughs> And then we go to Arif John, and they actually had, like, in, in the food court, right? We didn't really have one of those. But at Arif John, the yeah. Army, they had, like, a, a, a KFC. They had an Applebee's. No an, way. An Applebee's. Yeah. Yeah, I missed that one. Right. And, and, and they had this little patch of grass, 
you know, and you don't you don't walk on the grass. Oh, there's probably some, a sergeant major standing around. Well, there was a sign on it too. Oh yeah, but but you know we all joke around that, about that, but it was just a little sense of home that there wasn't a, a soldier or an airman or a marine that walked by that didn't pet it. Oh. <laughs> you know, you're in a sandbox and here's this patch of American grass. You're like, yeah, yeah that's mine. I'm touching it. You know, I mean, they actually had a soccer field there, but it was turf. You know, so it was just crazy to see the difference between big money air uh, army and then well, the air. Force. Now I know where the big money went. Right. Well, that's all what we said too. We're yes. zip tying our optics on sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, but yeah, back I don't know course. how we got on that. But <clears throat> right. So you answer the call. So you're addicted to the call. For yeah. Call. See, Jared's earning his money. Right. That's why he's here. We might pay him double. Well, and he's a good actor. Yeah. Times zero. Okay. Um, but has there ever been a moment where, um, yeah, I won't share your stories without you wanting to, but we talked about one that you had this week um, through Messenger. But has there ever been one that it's like you get there and you think, okay, I feel alive? Oh, absolutely. Um, it's it's so weird you know it's hard to explain this to someone to our spouses all right um Mm -hmm. because you're not dual military right nope all right so it's hard to explain even to someone like jared behind the camera well i was about to say can you explain it to me right (laughs) i guess i can look at you while i'm talking right right so (laughs) it's, it's hard to explain like the rush you get when a you're about to possibly die B, not to sound morbid, but you're about to possibly end someone's life. Mm-hmm. Um, there is such a rush of emotions. You know, we're still a moral being. Um, whether you grew up in church or didn't grow up in church, a, a, a new, regular nuclear family versus a split family. I mean, there's so much that in a, a fraction of a second um, rushes through your mind. You're like, oh, my God. It's like overload, right? I mean, like, how much of that, though, is it, are you going from really being able to take stock of those emotions or just doing what you were trained to do? Well, and that's kind of one and the same, I think. It is. Like, it, it's probably one of the few times I'll admit I had a split personality, okay? like We know. Uh, <laughs> um, and my sister Val can stay out of this. But, but um, my sister for, as well. for me, it was... Uh, that incident that you're referring to, I, I said there was, I did not make one decision that morning. Okay. Um, all of those thoughts and emotions running through my mind, I didn't consciously make a choice that day. It was strictly my training that kicked in and carried me through. And mm-hmm. then at the end, when you're trying to process <clears throat> now your thoughts, you know, you're like, holy crap, what the heck just happened? Right. Yeah, so it's just a rush of emotions that the first time you experience it, it is a rush, you, you know, and that's where some of the confusion comes in or like, you know, is something wrong with me? Because I really like that, you know, especially for our right. veterans. Yeah. You know, the, um, you know, man, I, re- I really like the combat. They really well, like the so battle that's where the addiction really comes in. Then, Absolutely. You, you know, it is such a rush through your entire body. I've never experimented with drugs. I've never had a desire mm-hmm. to experiment with drugs. Um, so the best knowledge I have is this. To feel it from the goosebumps on the back of your neck to oh, yeah. even your fingers and your toes, you're just, al- I don't know how to describe it other than you are alive. Right? There's so, times that I've never felt more alive and using that same context was when, you know, all of a sudden you hear the round off about right uh, three feet from your head dirt kick up in front of you yeah and then you're diving to the ground and returning fire it's like you know now everything's real right you know the colors are more colorful they're more vibrant you can see details before that okay this could be a potential where before you're looking for a danger behind every rock well, have now you, you know where the danger's at. Have you tried acid? Because I've heard that does like <clears throat> the same thing. Not lately. No. Oh. I never have. <laughs> I only ask because now the VA is experimenting with it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just like they experimented with other stuff in Vietnam? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but trying to keep it humorous while we deal with these real emotions. Yes. Because I do realize 
And I empathize with our veterans that are listening and some of our first responders that, you know, I think sometimes we don't talk to our spouses because it is hard to explain. Like if I looked at my wife and said, honey, I wish I wish there was a guy pointing a gun at me. She'd be like, what the hell is wrong with you? Because it's that rush, right? Then I'd get a phone call. <laughs> right. But, the you know, I, I just, I know I'm connecting with somebody out there tonight that, yeah. that realizes here's two schmoes sitting on a couch. It's a couch. It's not a love seat. So be quiet. We'll go with that. We're just extremely large in a small couch. But <laughs> I just know that we're connecting with someone tonight talking about these experiences whether it was in the jungles of vietnam <clears throat> deserts of saudi arabia kuwait iraq afghanistan it, it doesn't matter i know we're reaching someone even our world war ii vets yeah yeah i hopefully there are some tuning in tonight um but it is it's something um there are so many adjectives you could use but it's hard to describe any one of them I, and we I, could I, use every adjective the best one we could come up with and it still would not describe yeah, the only the feeling in that moment like it's almost I don't, I don't it's so weird to say but it's almost erotic yeah yeah it's it's just it's just weird i don't know how to describe it so yes it is addicting to get those calls um you know and and now would you say for first responder that'd be any call because potentially any call could know, be that call you know, and I was thinking about that in preparation for this week. <clears throat> and there are some calls that I just, I just, I hate, man. I'm, I'm, I'm getting text saying it's a love seat. Yeah, no, no it's not. not. True. Who sent that? You're getting direct text because they're not going through DM. No, yeah, it's coming directly to me. Uh, um, oh, whoever it is, they won't, uh, they won't post it live, though, will they? Nope. No. Um, Chicken. But anyway, um, you know, I was thinking about that in preparation this week of, of, you know, is there any calls that really I want to go to versus others? And, like, and John, not to interrupt, but I am. Uh, yeah. I mean, you've got two different perspectives as law enforcement and as firefighting. Correct. So, I mean, you've got a big difference of what constitutes an adrenaline. Yeah. Sure, sure. Call. And primarily, I'm always going to speak from the law enforcement because that's my everyday job. Um, if there's something significant from the firefighting side, I'll chime in on that separately. Is it hard to separate the two in certain um, calls? N- uh, mm. Kind of. Sometimes. Mm. I should have warned him I was going to ask him a tough question. Right. <laughs> um, you know, because, um, yeah. So with law enforcement, that's what I'm most comfortable talking about. Got it. <laughs> so we're Good. just going to roll with it. Um <laughs> You know, for law enforcement, you know, there's there's your everyday calls. You know, somebody's picking on my kid at school. Well, you know, you can't tell them this, but, you know, when I was a kid, you socked them in the mouth. And if they do it again, you sock them in the mouth one more time. Right. That's how yeah. that's how we were raised. You, you know, my, my mom always used to say, don't start a fight, but always defend yourself. OK. I always thought it was don't start a fight, but end it. But OK. Yeah, well, same thing. You know, and, and kids, so, if you're listening, we're not endorsing fighting. No, no, we're not. Um, but, you know, with that and, you know, miscellaneous calls, you know, card here, trees nearly falling on somebody. It's like, well, what? You didn't see the tree. How'd you almost hit it? But <laughs> <laughs> that sucker fell. Gravity was working great this morning. <laughs> you're telling me I fell off a deck today, but I got, <laughs> don't worry. I got that on body camera if I come up lame tomorrow. But anyway, oh, <laughs> We'll need a copy of that footage. Oh, right, yeah. Well, it's from my point of view. It's just you're going to have to bleep out some stuff. Um, but I was very clear, like, oh, my back. Oh, my hip. Oh, right. So um, oh, my there, big there are calls. Like, I think I've talked to you in private about um, dispatch preloading calls. Yeah. Um, so there are times where the tone of a dispatcher or the, the um, deflection of a dispatcher, you know this call is, like, this is legit. This is that's gonna one. be a rough one. And um, those are the calls where instantly you're like, "Whoo, here it is!" It's yep. like it's like the needle just went in your arm. You're like, "There it is," you know. And so those are the ones. The you know? more that they sound kind of, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but the, I would assume the more that they sound kind of off, the more you're like, "I got this one." Right. I'm taking you this know. One. Um, another instance that I had, my partner and I. Um, this gentleman had a loaded crossbow 
and he was threatening to, to harm himself and anyone that came. So Field we tip or broadhead? <laughs> I wasn't about to find out. Oh, okay. Uh, either way, it was going to hurt, right? <laughs> so, I mean, at that point, it doesn't matter. Um, but, you know, see, this is this is another topic for another day. But, you know, you know, suicide's not illegal. You know that, right? Right. If you want to harm yourself, it's not illegal. <clears throat> right. However, obviously, morally, for many of us, it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, morally, for many of us, we feel we must intervene. Right? Yeah. Okay. So th- this is the conundrum that law enforcement finds themselves in. Well, they haven't broken or violated any law, right? Absolutely. Um, but obviously, someone cared enough to call. Mm-hmm. So you're there to do your best, but my man's armed. I'm not going to show up not armed, right? So, you know, it's it's one of those things like guns are out. You know, <laughs> your job is to make sure those around him are safe. Correct. Secure the scene. Yep. And your job isn't, you know, people. It's a misconception. I've talked to, I've talked to people all over the country. I had to hit it. I talk with my arms. Just hit it again. I gotta stop that now. <laughs> um, that they have said, you know, when we show up to thing, people expect us as first responders to talk them down. Right. He's like. We're not there to talk them down. We're there to make sure they don't hurt anybody else in the process of making their own decision. Because he's had the same thing. You know, it's not illegal to take your own life. You know, we're not going to put you in jail for it. Right. But, and it's the same thing. Was, you know, how do you differentiate between, you know, taking care of them? Mm-hmm. You know, so what would you do on that call? Or what did you do? Uh, on that particular call, I... I um being he was armed with a crossbow, obviously he's got some range. Yeah. This isn't a knife. This isn't, you know, he's got some range that he can use. And, of course, it's in a, you know, not not a place like yours. It's surrounded by woods. No, it's a wide open. It's a trailer park. So oh, so he's got potential. Distance. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and he's only got one shot. He better make it count. But, you know, ultimately we're there to help. Right. We don't want to see him end his life. We don't want to see him take anyone else's, mm-hmm. right? And, and ultimately, we always know that in that type of situation, we may have to take his life in order to save someone else's, whether it's mine, my partner's, or a neighbor. Um, so it is a very frustrating place or position to be put into. Um, and as you know as well as I do, mental health is just, that's America's weakest link right now. Yeah, And unfortunately, many of our mental health patients end up in jail rather than in a facility to receive the help they need. And that's part of the goal, too, of this program is to kind of get rid of that stigma and we can talk about some of these things. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it, we, we were able to get him to come out using the PA system, talking, you know, over the PA, advising him to come out. And, and you know, and he, he came out without the crossbow, but he was armed. And we were able to talk with him. Um, we had, I had a little bit of history with this gentleman, um, dealing with him in the past, you know, we were able to resolve it peacefully. You know, we were able to get him unarmed, take him into protective custody and ultimately get him to a facility to get help. Good. Um, but obviously at any given moment when someone makes that decision to end their life, um, that may involve you taking it. It may not be them mm-hmm. ending it themselves. It may be them doing something for you to force it to end. And they may have planned that too. And they do. You know, unfortunately, the you know the thing that really disheartens me is when you talk to these people that are suicidal. It's almost always really insignificant of of a, in the grand scheme of things what's wrong. But obviously, it's huge in their minds. Yeah. Um, but in the grand scheme is. You know, and that's what you got to kind of talk them back down to is really mm-hmm. realizing, hey, you know, do you have kids? <clears throat> How old are they? You know, and I, I try and always skip the the spouse um, because that is you one, just of never leading, know. Yeah. one of the leading causes of maybe a divorce or something. And, and that brings unless that, the spouse is there at that moment. Right. It's probably good not to bring, you it know, or, or even really parents for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I always because what parents not proud of their kids. Right. So I just try to bring the kids around into their thought and, and get them back to reality a little bit. Right. Um, 
So I don't know where we got onto that tangent. Well, that brings up one from my point of view. Um, we were deployed, and um, you're checking levels there. Are we good? Oh, yeah, no. It was uh, my level I was just going to turn up oh. because we had somebody comment. And I was oh, just going go to, for it. Uh, this go is a good break. Well, I was just waiting until it got to a good point. Uh, we've got a comment from our top fan, Juliana. She says, uh, even from a uh, spouse's perspective, uh, even getting a phone call of two trees falling in front being no big deal is actually pretty scary. Uh, it, it's when there's no call that's scary is what she says. Good yep. point. My, that would be my wife. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, well, you know, I could tell when I called her, she was like, okay, are you okay? I'm like, okay, I should have led with that. But for me, it was just like, you right. should have seen this. This was awesome. It <laughs> fell. And, and I completely skipped the point of yeah truck's good i'm good you know um but she's gotten those calls before right you know and that takes me but thanks for really bringing that in jared because um and juliana um because this takes me back to that incident that that we refer to of mine um Mm -hmm. you know i was there was a there was a fight after um i took him down we we struggled a little bit i took him into custody um and I was taking him for treatment to the hospital, and and I felt I was fine. I didn't need treatment, but I knew in my mind that 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 incident was large enough, and the and really in a small area like this, the police presence um, is enough. When they see ten, fifteen cops around the house, they know something major just yeah. happened, and so immediately, I'm talking like as soon as the scene was safe, and I got victim statement and securing evidence i immediately texted my wife and it's like whatever you hear on the news i'm okay right because you know face it social media changed the way we do business Mm -hmm. infinitely you know when we try and do um it's because of social media you have body cams now yeah you know and and i love them i absolutely love them my my court time has went down like 90 percent. seriously oh wow um because it's really hard to to refute watching on camera what you said you know um but you know there there are times where um you like i said i just i just gotta let her know hey tell pam just that quick text yep and there was times deployment they have what's called a blackout somebody gets hurt or killed from your unit you're not allowed to talk right but the order has to be given um and there's been times that you know, you'd hear blackout coming, and a lot of us would jump on the computer real quick if we were in an area we could, and just be like, "Hey, we're good." We're good. Yep. And that was it. Um, I remember talking to my wife on the phone, and all of a sudden, incoming happened, and I'm like, "I gotta go click." And right. that was the last thing she heard, and she didn't know if it went dead because you I got up, up or, or right. something bad happened. Um. But what I was going to say earlier, when we were talking about the suicide thing, you know, a lot of times they don't even think about it themselves. No. It's just this is what's going to happen. And that happened in my unit. We had a soldier on the phone to his wife, and she basically, um, Jody. Okay. Yeah. Um, she basically had found somebody and wanted him to come home and meet the significant other that she found while he was on deployment. And he said his piece and took his nine mil out, and they kept him alive for quite a few hours before he passed. But, you know, that was probably one of the more shocking ones because all of a sudden there was no incoming. They were in a safe zone. They were inside of a hardened structure. There was no – it was just all of a sudden a round went off. And it's – you know, the guys that were there said it took us a second because we're looking around like, what was that? And then we saw the guy fall. And they went after him. There was no, I mean, sure, guys always, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Sure, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, well, we could have seen. No, there was, nobody knew what that conversation was. He right. just, that was his reaction. Um, and it's just sometimes even having the rush of adrenaline isn't enough. And sometimes even having the, being in those situations is enough to keep things going you're just done and he was done because they've been married for a while and he said i'm done that's it and ended his life right there in front of everybody you know and, and i've said this and I, maybe i'm opening up too much i don't know but 
I've said this before where I, I could never seriously contemplate suicide. I'm too much of a chicken, right? But I understand that there is a possibility that at some point in my life I would consider it, whether it be terminal illness. What, I, I've dealt with some mm -hmm. of these cases where it's like, you know what? Maybe they didn't take the bad way out. You know, it's rough for the family. It's, you know, it's, I get all of that. Yeah. But, you know, as I'm speaking to you veterans, you know, even our first responders, when it gets to a, a situation in our life that we feel we cannot control because that's who we are, we're type A's, we're alphas. And the only thing that you think you can control is how you react to that situation. And what I often find is that suicide is the thing, the thing, that they know they can't control. They're going to control how they react, how they check out, however you want to call it. That's their control. Um, you know, and, and, and that, you know, literally scares the crap out of me. But, you know, I just mentioned it to you before the show. You know, there are points in my career where I've been okay with being comfortably numb. Yeah. I didn't want to harm myself. Um, I didn't want to do anything stupid or crazy. I just... Leave me alone. Mm -hmm. You know, I can go 12 hours in my car and not turn on the radio once. You know, um, last weekend I took my wife away no for a weekend. road trip with you. Well, you know, and that, <laughs> that kind of leads me up to this. You know, I, I took my wife away for for a weekend, and um, her sister was setting up a surprise birthday party for her. And for two days we drove around northern Michigan, and my radio never once turned on. <laughs> you know, and there would be times where we're, we don't say anything for hours. Yeah. But, you know, it was, it was, Jared, go ahead. I was just waiting. I'm waiting for you. I'm letting you do a thought. Uh, now, do you think that has to do with the uh, the addiction that you get and the adrenaline that you get from that addiction? Just the fact that it's no longer there. You know, you're not it's like call. white noise. Yeah. Sometimes you just need, you know, that white noise in the background um, I used to work at a clinic nearby that worked with autism and sometimes you'd get mm -hmm. one of the autistic kids that would go just he'd just go nuts because he was overstimulated and even that white noise and it kind of resets the brain mm -hmm. um, I worked with a guy uh, in up north of here and he used to have on YouTube when he had uh, a hard problem that he was trying to solve at work he would have a box fan literally going from YouTube that right. somebody recorded and have it in his head. It's just that white noise that sets, okay, here's my baseline again. And sometimes when we know we're not going to get that call, right? when we know nothing's going to happen, okay, we just want that night white noise to just deaden things. You know, and maybe you can shed some professional light on this. There are times well, where... Well, let's not go that far. <laughs> Well, we all, you know, veterans and first responders, we often talk about anxiety and how it's linked oh, yeah. linked with PTS. I call it I, but PTSD. Um, and for Jared, looking at post-traumatic stress injury versus disorder. I, I don't like to think that we have a disorder. You know, we had order. Yeah. And I, and I get that now it's in disarray or it's out of order. It's disorder. But it's an injury. Well, I, I, hold I on to your thought because you just got something for me. But when they do the disorder part, uh, you know, and you said the injury, it's interesting. When you broke your arm, you don't have broken arm syndrome or broken arm mm. disorder. Right, right. You know, you just have a broken arm. Right. And it's an established way of how to fix it. Um, until recently, have I come to the kind of the conclusion through a lot of different circumstances and research that this disorder can become order mm -hmm. there's a way to heal it now there's not a way to go back to who you were before it happened right but there is a way to heal it's it a function but that's the same as a broken arm yeah it's not it's not Correct. back the way it was and i get it's just verbiage yeah. but it, you know oh it's serious Ver it's, it's very important. when we yeah. talk about stigma He's a producer. He said it's important. It's it important. Is. It's important. <laughs> you heard it here for us. The lines are important and how we say things are important. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, when we talk about breaking that stigma or ending that stigma, that's what it is. You know, mm -hmm. hey, nobody wants to sit back and say, I have a disorder. That's like, you know, it's like probably saying you have schizophrenia. Nobody wants to admit that. Right. Um, but if you say, hey, you know what? I was in a time and a place where I got injured and I'm yeah. healing from it. It's a little easier to deal with. All right. And it's all about the normalization 
of tra- the effects of trauma, which is what this all boils down to. Yeah, the adrenaline after the call or during the call, the, you know, dealing with it after the call, the adrenaline that we felt in combat. Um, did I like getting shot at? No. <laughs> no. Um, did I like the experience? Do I miss that experience? Yeah. I miss that. It's just like a normal junkie. Right. It's I missed that having that experience again. Um, I miss having that adrenaline going through me. Um, we talked about a call that I happened to be on where a guy was hit by a car in front of me. Right. And, you know, I went, I pulled up after he had already been hit, but I was one of the first ones there and I didn't realize it. But once I realized that there was an individual in the ditch, 30 feet from where he was standing after getting hit by a car, you know, I felt that adrenaline. It was there. It was instantaneous. Sure. I knew what to do. I had great medics in Iraq that helped train me. Um, I've taken training since then. And I knew what to check for. I knew not to move them. You know, all this stuff. I didn't have to sit there and think, okay, there's a guy there. His leg was not pointed, should not be pointing <laughs> in that direction. Right. But it is. So, you know, I didn't think maybe he's got something wrong with his leg. Right. It was just instantaneously. And it was like everything focused in around me. And I was able to sit there and work with this guy and make sure he had no other injuries until first responders came on, which wasn't long. And then I was able to jump up and back onto the road and help the driver that hit him so her trauma wouldn't be as big. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once I got done with that, I got to work. I was on, like, I was literally on an adrenaline high. Oh, yeah. Cloud I still high. was for... I was like, man, that was great. And I walked in and everybody else was like, oh, man, that's terrible. We saw that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it was that too. Yeah, it was terrible. Absolutely. It was terrible. But I had to remind myself that, yeah, that was a terrible experience that for those that have been through stuff like this, well, that was just normal. That was just another day. Sweet. You know, I got right. to use what I was trained to do. Sure. And, yeah, you get that high. Now, my question for first responders when you get call after call, how do you, does that high just continue or do you have the ups and downs? You, you have the ups and downs. Hold that thought. Got it. Cause you, you you're going to be impressed, but I remember what I was talking about before. Anxiety. Wow. And he didn't even use a cheat sheet. I know anxiety, right? We, we think about anxiety linked with PTSD or PTSI. Yep. And a lot of times people think it's about, you know, right on the cusp of something like, oh, I'm going to a new school, anxiety, right? Or mm-hmm. I'm going to, um, a lot of us don't like large crowds. I'm about to go to a concert, <laughs> anxiety, right? Um, all these things. But I find myself. It's like COVID is my best friend. There is no about large crowds anymore. <laughs> right. And so I, I can't help but think I'm, I'm not the only one out there that I get anxiety when it's just quiet, when it's still like i don't like it to be still i can't handle the stillness which sounds weird when i talk about how i don't turn on the radio for 12 hours but it's not still you've got the tires you've got natural sounds behind you exactly yep and yeah when it's still because you know what's the the saying the calm before the storm sure you know when we would roll into a village and we'd look and there'd be nobody on the road yeah it was like, okay, we're dismounting now. Right. You know, we are clearing this area. We're going to find out what's going on. Sure. And usually it met contact. Yeah. It didn't take long to find it. Yeah. Um, usually, you know, they had, you know, they had spotters everywhere and they would know we were coming mm-hmm. before we knew we were there. Sure. And all of a sudden it's quiet. And then that first explosion goes off or that first round goes off and then you get right into it. Sure. And that's why that calm, you know, it's the it, calm it before creates, the storm. creates the anxiety and the uneasiness, you know. And, and, I, and I think back to some of my friends that are, are more combat experienced uh, than I. And, you know, it's just they always talk about this restlessness. Like they can't just they can't sit still. And that's, yeah. that's that anxiety that I'm kind of referring to. Um, but I just wanted to go back and touch on that because I yeah. felt it was important. 
um, to help explain some of the things. Like I said, I'm not the only one that goes through that. I feel like we got a lot. We're spider webbing out. We got a lot of things that we can hit on this. Right. We could literally spend episodes on just this point alone, and we oh, have absolutely. like seven more. Okay. Right. So we can. So we'll watch it, make some notes. Right. And we'll uh, kick back to it. Yeah. yeah. Or if our listeners or watchers, uh, viewers want to kick us some notes. Um, um, Bill Young says, what's up, guys? Hey. So, hey my Bill. man from Nebraska. That's oh. the author I told you about. Oh, okay. Was on a show a few weeks back. Um, thanks I for I was honorably us. mentioned. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so since I remembered my point, what was the point you wanted me to go back to? I'm supposed to remember that now? <laughs> Come on. Where's Jared? Well, I guess that was supposed to be my job. <laughs> Well, All right, there went his, pay, his double right? pay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, it was for first responders. Oh, yeah, and, the, the cycle. Yep. All and right. since Bill's on here, you know, even for those that are in, because I know he is, correct me if I'm wrong, he is a, he works in the prison. Correct. Corrections, Corrections officer. Corrections yep. officer. Um, and an esteemed author. Very esteemed. I think his last book just came out. I can't remember the title it's, of it. It's, yes. Is that the Lemonade Stand? It, it is. It yeah. is. Um, see? There's your mention, Bill. All, what, three people on here? Or when home becomes a housing unit? There home becomes nine, a housing I'm pretty sure I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and I know he's one because he's running here too. Right, so. well, I want to catch the comments as they come. Oh, okay. Um, um, but the cycle, you know, yeah. and one of the things. Because you get one call that you have where, you know, it's not like your day ended after that situation you and I discussed where no. you had the, no, the tough and, and, situation. No, in fact, that was for almost early on in the morning. Yeah, so um, you still had, what, 12-hour shift, right? Yep. yep. Yeah, you see, so you still had 12 hours. So along, one of the things, like I said, I, I talk about the physiological changes of stress and, and traumatic incidents to the people that I do debriefings with um, and diffusings with. And one of the things um, that I try and get everyone to realize, and I'm going to try and look at the camera a little bit more, is when you're on this up cycle <laughs> of adrenaline and and endorphins and, and anger and, and all these emotions yep. that you feel in a call, as high as you go, you must understand you have to equally come What as goes low. up must come right? down. It's just like a roller coaster. So I'm looking at Jared. He's looking a little well, lost. Well, no, no, no. I, I was actually going to compare it to uh, equal, and, equal and opposite reaction. Correct. Right. Exactly. So whatever... You, the max reaction you had, you're going to have a reaction that's just as bad. And, and coming down just like any other drug, when you come down and you come off of it. Oh, yeah. You know, substance, being a substance use therapist for three years, you know, I've seen people on that downward trend, and that's why they use so quickly so they to, can get, to back, get up. back up. They don't like coming down, and it's not like, you know, certain drugs you can stair step down from. No, you, you're right. You go up, you're in that fight, flight, or freeze, and... Mm -hmm. Your body has chosen to fight. You've been trained to fight. Do what you need to do. Everybody's good. And when you come down, it's like right. that's where a lot of veterans, and I'm sure first responders be the same thing, hit that depression. Absolutely. Even uh, though for everybody else, hey, this is normal. This is where you're supposed to be. Right. But for us, it's, it, no, we're, we're depressed because we're and down that, in normal. And that's, and that's why, honestly, first responders struggle with mental health. Whether or not they want to admit it, because that's something that um, has been shared with me as well, is, you know, I believe what you're doing. I think it's great. You need to keep doing it, but I'm never going to admit I have a problem. No. Okay. Well, that's cool, but, you know, life can be so much better if you admit there's a problem and you mm -hmm. get help for it. So, and the reason I say mental health is kind of prominent in first responders is we don't, you know, when we don't, when we finish a call, we don't get to stop. You know, right. our, our, we could be 11 hours left in our shift, right? So you're still at the peak, slowly coming down, and then maybe you do get another call, and it goes back up even higher, right? So you take three, four, five traumatic calls in a day, probably not going to happen, but it could, especially my medical personnel going from a, you know, let's say a teenager suicide to um, a traumatic car accident where someone's, you know, disfigured, dismembered, deceased, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it's hard to maintain that level cycle, right? How do you maintain or get back to the level that your family knows and loves when you're doing this? Yeah. When you don't get a chance to really maintain or get back to that, 
whether it be because your sleep cycle is short before your turnaround shift or my medical people that are working 24 hour shifts or a 36 hour shift. Um, how, how do you do that? It's going to wear on you. So you're going to get to that point where you yourself don't know where your normal is. Exactly. Everybody else knows you here, but you're, you, you might be down here. That's normal for you because that's how you feel. And you got to put this persona on and that's why, and we're going to talk about this. We're going to dedicate a lot more time to this, or at least I'd like to. By the way, this is something we're going to dedicate time to. Oh, I thought okay, I'd cool. let you know. Take um, monster. Yeah. I think we're going to take dedicate a lot of time to this whole show, right? Well, yeah, I hope so. Right? Well, I'm yeah. talking just a subject no. matter of we have this persona at work, coworkers, um, and then we come home, and we don't feel like we need those barriers up so they see where we're really at. And... I mean, I know my wife and I have had this conversation many times of why are you this way at school or with other people? You know, I can lay down on the ground with a child that's autistic and work him through his his overstimuli and get him back down to normal. But when I come home, my child spills milk. Right. And easily angered. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there has been plenty of times, unfortunately, I have tell my kids hey yeah sorry about that right you know and it's embarrassing as a dad because you know you don't know why right and i think we do we, we do just we just don't want to it yeah exactly just just like my buddy i i believe what you're doing i think it's good but i'm not going to admit i have a problem yeah you know and that's that's all of us and really, that's how I got started two years ago was, you know what, telling my wife, like, hey, I, I, I got a problem. And she's been with me from the start, you know, and from really when my people. Side note, he has plenty of problems. <laughs> well, I've only had two wives, so. <laughs> What's uh, I can't sing. What's the 99 problems? But anyway. Yeah. Uh-huh. We'll get into that one later. <laughs> <laughs> But um, Juliana made a comment for you, by the way. I'm not going to read it on the air, even though everybody else can see it. Um, no, I'm not even logged on to it. But, you know, those are things that, like I said, I would like to talk about in the future um, and really open the doors to this honest conversation. You know, yeah. for the most part, we have friends out there, acquaintances out there, but I don't mm-hmm. know many of you. I've only met Jared how many weeks ago two three yeah whenever we did that first recording right so you know i i I don't know jared and and i use this line a lot when i do work with the public i don't know you i have no reason to lie to you right yeah all right so i I when i have no reason to lie to you the only thing left is the truth and that's what i'm sharing with you today I'm, i'm not sugarcoating anything i'm not trying to hide behind anything this this is legitimately feelings that I have or have had or that I struggle with. Mm -hmm. And I think it's that open dialogue, um, you know, and to be honest with you, here's another honest moment for you. You know, there's times my wife gets upset because it's easier for me to come on here and talk about it than it is to talk with it about it with her. Oh, I'm sure after this, my wife is going to say, you never told me about that. (laughs) Right. I'll get a text from the wife later because she's at work. Like, why did you say that? But you know, but those are the but those are the honest things because um, we are disconnected. We're talking to a camera and we're talking to Jared and we're talking to each other. Yeah, um, we have similar circumstances, so we can share that. You know, and, and just and like easier we, so we can share them. So right, you know, um, <laughs> nobody's being judgmental. You nope. know, everybody's encouraging, and that's and that's the type of thing that we need to surround ourselves with. It's people that understand or want to become better. And and that's how you help end the stigma. We, we have yeah. an open, honest conversation. I have no reason to lie to you. And you have no reason to lie to me. And we have no reason to lie to our viewers or listeners. So it's just open, candid conversation that we can yeah. uh, I mean, hopefully this is bring healing. Unfiltered. It's not like we sat down for two hours beforehand. Waiting for Jared no, to and, finish up setting everything up. And this, it, right. <laughs> and, and that was kind of the thing of, of why we wanted to do it live tonight. Yeah. You know, um, even when we record it, really, 
the only thing Jerry, I mean, Jerry can speak for himself, but you know, he has intro music to close out music, take some of the noises, background noises out. Yeah. We, we, to this point have never edited content. Is that correct? That's correct. So yeah, I, yeah. I fully believe in a candid <clears throat> conversation and especially when we're dealing with what we're talking about, it needs to be as candid mm-hmm. as possible. Sure. Now, Here's something that just popped in my mind when we were talking about candid conversations. Um, we doing good on time? Yeah, we got about 10-ish minutes. Depends okay. on which clock I'm looking at. Look at the one that's... No. Um, <laughs> but we've got... Veterans are, you know, out front when it comes to suicide. We got 22 a day. Sure. You know, we do the 22 push-ups, and that's actually how you and I met, Jared. Um we do the, you know, got your six virtual runs. I know Warriors Hope did. We've got right. all these different programs. But you know what? One thing I realized when I was listening to a, it was actually Bill's podcast the other day was we don't have. Shout out. Yeah. Hey, that's like, what, two or three? Yeah. I think he owes us at least one. It's a one for three trade. We're smaller. Right. He needs <laughs> to start talking about ours. <laughs> but no, we've got, I've never heard how the suicide affects the first responder population it's it's incredible it really is um and i've shared this uh with some of my folks um especially when i'm talking to leadership of you know the fire the fire chiefs association and and uh the medical field that Mm -hmm. you know they're a little more reluctant um to to get on board with this they would rather send us to a, a a therapist well, that, right. that's great, but you don't have anything, any idea of what I'm talking to you about. And you also have got, what was it? I think you were the one telling me, or maybe it was another first responder said that there is their insurance didn't even cover Correct. going to a therapist. Correct. And if you went through a critical incident, you had what, two sessions, three sessions, or five sessions, whatever. Correct. Yeah, you know, you're not going to heal that in five sessions. No, no. And. So the suicide rate amongst first responders um, is actually like 30% higher than the normal population. Mm-hmm. Now you throw on something like substance abuse, now you've increased it even more, right? Because Cause those thoughts are there, but there's no filter to say, hey, this isn't a good idea. I've heard that today. From who? I don't want to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> So, yeah, you know, the suicide rate doesn't go away. In, in fact, I think I just shared it. We'll keep talking while I look for it. But I yeah. shared how many officers were shot and how many died of suicide this year. And um, Can I take a guess? Sure. Suicide was higher? Um, well, you know, and here's – I'm going to look at, look for it before I answer that. Okay. Man, I'm going through the Surviving Danger Closest page, and there's like 17 things of Bill Young. Saturday Night Synopsis. Three guys by a fire. I'm sorry. Anyway, you know, come on, Bill, help us out. (laughs) Yeah, Bill, I need some training. Right. (laughs) We need you to train Jared. And and the thing is, so I went I went to a training with with um, I believe it was I I've been to a a lot of groups trying to network, and Mm -hmm. I I believe it was cops C O P S. That is how you spell it. Correct. But it's for was there theme song Bad Boys. Uh, no, oh, but okay. it was for families of uh, survivors, uh, family members of first responders that committed suicide. And this is why numbers are always skewed. Okay? And that's what tells you a lot right there that they had to create their own group to <clears throat> get their... Correct. Yeah. Because number one, what does everything come down to? It comes down to a dollar, right? Yeah. It, everything comes down to a dollar, which again, thank you for Warriors Hope for helping sponsor this program. But everything comes down to a dollar. And what we were finding was, or they were finding, and they relate to us, was that there are agencies out there that are, whether you want to say they're looking out for you or not, there were agencies out there that were not factually um, producing numbers of suicide because it meant that your family, your loved ones, lost their benefits. Wow. Okay. So they were fraudulently reporting a suicide as a gun accident, cleaning his firearm, accidental discharge, whatever. And if you've got a cop or veteran or anybody that is, you know, 
got enough time in. <laughs> right. You know that no didn't way. happen. Yeah. Um, so whether you want to say they were doing the family a solid or not, but when we're trying to, to produce um, numbers to get funding for our first responders mm-hmm. and veterans to get help, it, it doesn't help the matter. Um, the other thing that I really, really like about cops, and I, I wish, I hope I'm, I hope I'm quoting the right group, mm-hmm. um, is they focus on how the first responder lived their life, not how they ended it. Does that make sense? All right. We're officers, we're firemen, we're paramedics, we're EMTs. Whatever battle we face and we choose to end and lose that battle or end that battle, um, that's not who we are, right? There's countless lives that you have saved. There are countless uh, uh, children that you've, you know, saved, marriages you have saved. There are innumerable good things that you do throughout a career, and that's not the focus uh, or should not be the focus that we focus on is how you ended it. Is not but unfortunately, suicide. but unfortunately for many, that's it, how is. it is. Um, I mean, the so one the numbers, guy that I mentioned earlier killed himself during a deployment. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it took a long time for me to be okay with even mentioning his name. Sure, just because of the veteran in me, you know, he took the easy way out. It was like I mentioned we, before the you know last episode where the the reporter took off. You know, he just couldn't handle it. And that's not the case. Right. The case is there was more going on right. than we knew about. And it kind of, for me, now being in the mental health field, it tells me not enough people showed him that he had support. Correct. You know, and, and that's, we all, t- you know, I was watching a video yesterday. Um, I believe the speaker's name was Rizzo, his nickname. You know, and he was going off. He was provi- presenting a presentation. And he's talking about don't don't give me this family. I'm going to cuss, but you know, I'm quoting him. Don't give me this family bullshit. Mm-hmm. Don't stand up here looking pretty, saluting, crying because I'm gone when you didn't reach out and help me when I was here. Yep. You know, and it's powerful because, man, you know, like I said. To sit across from a fellow first responder one time and for him to tell me he was going to end it. Dude, that was the most earth-shattering, like... That was your I, one. I couldn't... I could not wrap my head around... Man, we're, we joke around, but, you know, we're, we're freaking heroes, man. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? There are kids... Because none of us know who we influence, right? Right. And so, like, we got school um, fire safety day coming up with my agency where we're going to go into the schools dressed uh, in our firefighter turnout gear and and present ourselves so that kids, if they see us, hopefully never in a house fire, they won't be as scared of, Mm -hmm. they realize we're we're helping, not... not So you're almost like you're doing exposure pre-trauma. Yes. Um, So, you know, if you can get there and do those things... Man, you can reach so many more than if if you just ignored it and hoped the problem went away. And that's the thing. If you ignored, like, say the guy that I responded to just because I happened to be in the right place when he got hit by the car, if he would ignore it, nope, my leg's fine. It's just, you know, dangling there, but it's fine. If he just ignored that, people would be wondering what's wrong with his head. Right. Absolutely. But yet when first responders or veterans don't ignore their own symptoms it's like oh that's all in your head i mean i don't know how many times i've heard that from right. all in, it's your, in head. your head there's nothing wrong with you he's giving us the drier motion i think we're wrapping close. up <laughs> so um and you know like we said last time that's what surviving danger close is about you know yes we're going to talk about things that we've never told anybody before right here because to us mentally right now it's just Jared, you just and me. Just three of us. You know, and <laughs> good thumbs up, Jared. Right. And, um, you know, so for us, we're going to share stuff that we normally would not share. I'm sure my wife is going to learn a lot about my experiences in deployment. And, and we know she's watching because she's been commenting. I'm <laughs> sure all. she has. Right. Um, and besides, there's a therapist and we're on a couch. So we kind of feel obligated to yeah. share. Right, and our hour's almost up, 
So yep. either we have to put uh, either charge more or we'll have to wrap it up. I think we're at a good spot. Yeah, I think we are. Um, next week, we're going to see how Alexander Hamilton, uh, or I'm sorry, not next week, two weeks. Jared's freaking out there. Uh, bi-weekly podcast. Bi-weekly, yes. Um, we're going to figure out how Alexander Hamilton fits into all this. So um, there's a, a good kind of kicker for so perfect. So this time, Dustin and I will be outnumbering John in terms of knowing Alexander Hamilton, at least from the musical. Have you not seen it? I refuse. You refuse. We'll talk about that off air. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he is crazy. But again, thanks for joining us tonight. Yep. SDC, it's been fun. It's been real. Um, again, big shout out to Warriors Hope for helping sponsor this program. Um, anyone else you'd like to thank? Nope, that pretty much covers it. All right, guys, we'll be in touch. Thanks for joining us. Have a good night.